Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Cooperative Bank Podcast. Hello, I'm Ali Ma'adawimi. In today's podcast, we'll be talking about the research of the Black Lives Matter movement. So for those who may not be aware, the BLM movement is an activist movement advocating against incidents of police brutality and just general discrimination against black people. So it started in America, but it's since um, gained worldwide attention and support. So just before we start with introductions, um, I just want to say racism is usually an uncomfortable topic for many people to tackle and he has many intersections within it. So today's session is not to resolve it, but rather we want to encourage open discussions in hope that we're all motivated to seek further education. So joining me today to discuss their personal experience and thoughts on the movement, a group of colleagues from the Banks Inclusion Networks. So we focus on tackling gender diversity, ethnic um, diversity, LGBT and so on. So... Hello, Curtis, Manjari, and Lorna. Um, I'd just like to introduce, I'll go around everyone to introduce themselves and I'll start with myself. So I'm Ali Mott, like I said earlier, and my ethnic background is black. Um, I'm African, originally from Nigeria, which is a country in West Africa. Curtis, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, thanks, Ali Mott. So uh, my name is Curtis James. I'm the uh, current chair of the Bank's REACH Network, which stands for race, ethnicity, and cultural heritage. My ethnic background is, um, so I'm mixed race, white British and black Jamaican. Um, grew up in a, a very small town in the northwest of England with my uh, white British family. And I've since done a lot of uh, work, sort of finding and getting back in touch with my, my black family and my, my cultural roots. Manjiri. Hi, I am part of the Gender Diversity Network in the bank. My background is that of uh, Indian. I, I lived in India for 61st, 16 years of my life, then migrated to the UK alone because most of my family were already based in the UK. Um, I've also lived in, in, in Peru for a short while in, in the interim, so I can wow. talk <laughs> through um, a little bit of my experience in each of the countries about how, how it's been in terms of discrimination as in general. Oh, great. That's, I'm excited to explore that Peru part. That's really interesting. Um, and last but not least, Lorna. Hi, everyone. I'm Black. I was born in the UK. Um, my ethnic heritage is Jamaican. So the main parts of my family are all Jamaican. Well, we actually have an Asian, I'll call it fusion, Thank you very much for introducing yourselves. And I think we can just start from the very beginning in regards to growing up. Um, so like I said earlier on, I'm Nigerian. So similar to Manjuri, I was not born in England. I came to, I moved to Manchester, sunny Manchester, <laughs> when I was seven years old. Um, so my parents are nurses, so we're economic migrants. And I've lived in Manchester ever since. Um, I went away for university in Nottingham, but most of my life has been in the Northwest. So growing up, we didn't really have many discussions around race. Um, I live in a, I live in Oldham, for those who might know, and it's a predominantly Asian area. So I've heard a few, we've had a, I've had a few encounters with racism, but in our home in particular, we didn't really have conversations about what it means to be a person of colour in England. I'm just wondering whether or not yourselves and within your family and in your home, did you have such conversations? Um, and I'll start with Lorna. Okay, so, um, so for me, um, 
it was, I'm a child of the 60s, so, and I obviously grew up in the 70s, so there were some difficult times. Um, I can remember sort of being probably six years old, you know, primary school. My mother, father had to keep me in because we had, um, there was marches. Um, when I say marches, we're talking about the National Front, so far-right marches. The conversations at home were how important it is. You're black, you're different. And was that you're black, you're different in a positive light or was it more negative, would you say? No, it was always positive, obviously. Right. I mean, I, I grew up in an area where it was predominantly black anyway, so I grew up in, in, in Hume, Mosside, so it was predominantly black, so we had a lot there was a massive support network, so we had a lot of people that we could speak to anyway. It, it was always positive. And what about yourself, Curtis, growing up in a your mixture itself, but growing up predominantly with your white British family? What was the discussions on race at home? I don't think we really we really spoke about it, to be honest. And this is something that I've I've had to reflect on over the past few years. So my my mum is white. Um, I'm from a small town uh, just outside of Burnley. Uh, she remarried uh, to a white man, and they had another child who's my little brother, considering to be my absolute beloved brother. Uh, but he's white, so I grew up in a, an entire an entirely white household with an entirely white school, to to my black family until I was about 17, 18. So there weren't really conversations about race. It was the view was that there's love in this house, you know, and that's that's all that matters. Um, which is great. It didn't. I think there was a gap in in my life essentially because I was going out with this particular view set where I wasn't seeing colour. But that's not how we're seen by society. So there's, there's obviously you walk into a room and people will single you out. You, I didn't particularly understand why that was happening because I was doing all the same stuff, having the same experiences as everybody else in the town. So it, it took me a it took me a few years to sort of get to grips with with why that was. So it was it was an interesting upbringing for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds it. I think it's quite it's quite interesting whereby because in Nigeria I'm black, everyone's black. Well, I'll say ninety five percent of people are black. So I didn't really realise I was black until I moved to England, and then I'm seeing these fair skinned people, brown skinned people. Like I'm seeing all sorts of different races, and then that's only when I realised that oh, I'm different. I am black. Um, but similar to what Lorna said in our home, it was always very positive. We held on to our our cultural background, so our language, our way of eating, everything we held on to, and it was positive. But then you go outside and you realise not everyone sees it as positive. So moving on to my thing with the BLM movement is I think a lot of people are seeing it as an American issue, whereas I perceive it to be a worldwide issue where I we see a lot of black people are treated not as fairly as they should be all around the world. What was your experience in Peru and being a person of colour, Manjuri? To be particularly honest, Peru, um, most people are quite, quite mixed, at least for the last four to five generations. So the skin tone, the, the, it just varies. You can be as fair as a European and there, there can be people who are completely like a black person, but they all identify themselves as Peruvian. What I generally noticed is because of my skin tone, I'm, I'm quite, I'd say about fair brown, sort of tan colored. So I, I was somewhere in the middle. And unless I, I wore 
clothes that were quite different to everybody else. Nobody would really spot me out as as something other than Peruvian. Not not like someone who was say visiting from the US or from the UK. They could easily spot them out as being somebody different yeah. from outside of, of Peru. But I didn't face that. The only time they would actually realize that I'm not from there is when I open my mouth, that I have an accent, that my Spanish isn't as fluent as them as theirs. I didn't particularly experience racism as such in Peru. The fact that I came from the UK and when the people started realizing where I was from, they sort of looked at me with awe as though I was somehow better than them. And I didn't understand the reasoning beha- behind that. But similarly, if, even in India, um, growing up, I there, there was no such thing as, as racism because the only race over there, at least the people that I was exposed to, they were purely Indian. We didn't have a lot of backgrounds as such. There, mm. there, there are other types of discrimination on the basis of where they are in the social strata or what religion they are from or caste or, or even the, the gender that they, they are, but not so much racism. Racism in particular only came into my life after I'd moved to the UK because the community is just so diverse over here. And within the first week of me arriving here, somebody called me a racist slur and I was shocked. I had never experienced anything like that and I was 16 and that was my first instance and I had to go back to my family who already lived here so they were a bit more familiar with these kind of um, behaviors and I said what was that? Why, why did someone utter a racist slur at me when I'd done nothing wrong? <laughs> yeah so that, that, that was quite quite a shock and quite a bit of education for me to become aware of this on an ongoing basis that it's going to happen from now on because we're a different race we're a minority and and Lorna growing up in I mean being born in the 60s and growing up around so much change I'm sure you've seen society move um in a different way from the 70s till now what yeah. was been your experience as living in a in a minority, being a minority in the majority country, what's been your experience of racism and how did you deal with it? My experience hasn't been as bad. I do have friends and family that have had, you know, it suffered really bad experiences. But for me personally, I think I've been quite lucky. I have seen people being attacked. I think you kind of become accepting. I think from from the era that I've grown up in, or as time has gone on, you see that the things that you've accepted in the past are no longer acceptable. Yes. Like I say, I've not really had any really bad experiences not accepting things that I've used to accept. That's probably the biggest step for me. Could you give us an example of something you would have accepted in the past that you wouldn't anymore? A typical example, and I'm sure each one of you will have been asked this one question, where was you born? I was born in the UK. Mm. And for me to say that I was born in the UK, it's like, no, no, I don't mean that, where was you born? But I was born in the <laughs> yes, UK. Yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that is one of the, it's one of the most annoying questions. Once I've answered that question, I've said, you know, I, I was born in Britain, I'm British. You know, and then mm. to still ask that question again, 
it's just one of those things that really annoy me. I understand because people ask where are you from, and yeah. I, I know what they mean straight away. And I just yeah. say, oh, I'm from Oldham, I'm from yeah. Manchester. And they're like, no, 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 where are you really from? I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Do you want to know my postcode? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you want exactly? So I, I get what they're going at, but I don't mind if you just ask me or what's your what, what's no, your family background. If you just That's get straight good. to the point, we can have a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. You know, it's just one of those things that, yeah, people need to be more direct and ask that question. If that's what they want to know, ask that question. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I, yeah, I think we've all experienced that. So, Curtis, I know that you said you were you were raised in near Burnley, which is predominantly white area. So when did you start feeling other or did you ever feel other growing up? I think it probably became apparent around high school. My mum always had a fear those times were still around and I would experience a lot of racism. I, I think I was lucky in that I didn't. But what that fear sort of led to was an underlying nervousness that if there was ever a confrontation that that racial slur was not far below the surface. And I think I felt that, again, like during university and things, I've, I've worked in security at lots of different events and particularly in football matches. And that's, that's still very close to the surface there. You only have to see one player who's black, even on the, the home fans team, make a mistake. And a few dozen people out of 14,000 will quite boldly stand up and shout a racial slur, knowing that there's nothing that's going to happen as a result of that. So I've, I've been lucky in my own sense that I haven't really experienced racism. I think I've been stopped and searched a couple of times, but that was actually when I was living in Spain. That's never actually happened when I was in the UK. It's just that for me, it's been the underlying nervousness. And then there's some, there's some of the humorous stuff that happens, like the where are you from, no, where are you really from? And, you know, when I was working behind the bar, it, it seemed that this was, there was a resurgence of mixed race celebrities because every single weekend, the amount of people that would compare me to Drake, Lewis Hamilton. Oh, it's God, just, you wish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, this is this sort of the lighthearted stuff. And I think that points to sort of around, the, particularly around the where you're from, I think that's more of a, an awkward Britishness about being too polite and not mm. really getting mm. to the heart of the question and inadvertently causing offence. And, and some of those uh, the similarities, like the, the Marvin from JLS used to drive me mad. <laughs> but those, uh, I think those are more of the, the sort of lazy sort of stereotypes, if you will, but it's been, it's been an interesting one. And I think, I'm glad you, you mentioned the stop and search because I think that's been one of the main problems and I'm, I'm sure everyone's aware, but there's been a lot of protests up and down the country as a result of the Black Lives Mo Movement. And I've, I've attended one in Manchester myself and it, it was really positive and it was really nice to see. But then we see the protests in London, for example, and we said that gets really quite aggressive. And I have a younger brother who's 18 years old and I, I stopped him from going to the protest with me because I also had the preconception that he's a black, tall black boy and wearing a hoodie. He'll probably get stopped and searched or arrested and he's probably doing nothing wrong. So I didn't let him go to the protest with me. In hindsight now, I kind of regret because I think it would have been a really positive experience for him to see people. There were all sorts of people there, black, white, Indian, Asian, all around the world all different races were there standing up for one thing, which is every life matters, black lives matter, um, and we need to do better as a society. Have any of you attended the protest or what emotions has the protest invoked within you? Um, and I'll start with Manjuri. To be honest, I would have loved to attend. Um, it's only because of personal circumstances. My mother had a accident recently, so I was, I was the main primary carer. 
things had been different, I would have loved to have attended and, and shown my support. Because um, racism still is very much a live thing. It's affecting people's lives. Some people don't even realize it's it's happening because it's it's been so much the norm that they've never really thought otherwise. They've never introspected their own lives and how they behave, etc. to question. And what about yourself, Lorna? What emotions has the protest invoked within you? For me, it's... I don't think pride is the right word to use, but it's it's the voice, it's knowing that people are actually takes you know, taking a step back now and listening. It's sad that it's had to come to this, you know. Um, the events that have led up to all these protests, um, some of them quite tragic, but it's good now that people are actually taking time to kind of understand how we as black people feel or what we might be going through, but have done things to support. You know, there's a lot of petitions out there and groups out there. And there are petitions out there as well that people can sign to really keep the conversation going. And Curtis, I know you attended one um, briefly. What, what was your experience of the protest like? Or what would you, if there are protests in the future, what tips would you give someone attending? I think as you mentioned, just the, the amount of different ethnicities there, all supporting the, the same cause. The vibe was amazing. As far as advice for attending, I spotted that some people walking around giving cards about your rights as a citizen. If you are yeah. stopped by the police and, and whatnot, which I think was was fantastic. Uh, so just brushing up on stuff like that, particularly if you are black and you're going to one of these events, it, it's always a, a great thing to do. But overall, I think that just the the feeling of it being like a sea change. You know, like we've seen the police killings in America. Um, four, five, six, seven, ten, twenty years ago, but nothing has ever sort of felt like what we're feeling now. You know, the protests that we've seen across the UK, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that uh, in response to, to something like that. So yeah, it's, it, it, it felt like a big moment. And I, I think we can all feel a bit of a change in society and hopefully it's an everlasting one. Like I said, there are two pandemics that we're fighting at the moment. It's coronavirus and racism. Um, and I hope everyone's able to look after their mental health within everything. There are petitions out there that you can sign. There are protests you can attend. But I think starting individually is the first place to start. Educate yourself and listen to people's real life experience. I think today's podcast has shown that not everyone, racism is not always so aggressive and it's not about being beaten up all the time. Sometimes it's the little, little comments that are made. Um, but no, some really great conversation there. Thank you so much, um, Curtis, Manjuri and Lorna for joining us today. I hope today's sessions encouraged you all to deep dive on the ongoing issues in our society and first and foremost, educate ourselves individually. Don't forget... You can subscribe to our podcast channel and be one of the first to know when new episodes are available. The Cooperative Bank Podcast for people with purpose.